Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. We've talked a lot on this show about how businesses have adapted to the challenges created by the pandemic. But for nonprofit organizations, which sort of live in a constant state of responding to challenge, closing gaps and providing services to the community, the pandemic and post-pandemic era has created its own set of obstacles, but also opportunities for growth and reinvention. With me today to discuss this is Renee Chatelaine, president of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge, a nearly 50-year-old nonprofit that promotes cultural growth, economic development, and educational enhancement through the arts in and around the 11 parish capital region. As the Arts Council of the capital city, the organization is a hub for information and resources benefiting organizations and residents. Renee has been at the helm of the group since 2015, and in that time has helped grow the Arts Council and lead it through its recent expansion and relocation to the new Cary Sarage Arts Center, which is located in the old Triangle Building in downtown Baton Rouge. The center opened in the fall of 2021, just as the community was emerging from the fourth surge of the COVID crisis, a time when many arts organizations were grappling with very real challenges to their survival. And thanks to the leadership and stewardship of Renee and the Arts Council, Baton Rouge didn't lose any organizations to COVID that I'm aware of, and the local arts sector is again coming back to life. So Renee, thank you so much for being here today on Out to Lunch and for all of your great work. Oh, it is my pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Joining me and Renee at the table is Chelsea Laborde Blankenship, a longtime board member of the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Louisiana, an organization that, like the Arts Council, is providing an invaluable service to the community. Make that nine communities. In April 2021, the Boys and Girls Club of Southeast Louisiana and the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Baton Rouge merged to become the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Louisiana in order to better serve some 20 thousand families in nine southeast Louisiana parishes. The organization provides out-of-school time programs for boys and girls, including dynamic opportunities to promote healthy lifestyles and academic success. Chelsea spent four years at the Boys and Girls Club of Greater Baton Rouge as its resource development and marketing associate before branching out and creating her own communications and marketing firm, CLB consulting. So we can talk to Chelsea about two things. And Chelsea, it's a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thanks so much for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank you. It's an honor. Well, Renee, I feel like I feel like we've had you here before. We've had so many arts organizations on the show and they always talk about the work that the Arts Council does in really helping to sustain the arts in Baton Rouge. And y'all do a tremendous job. Um, how did how did it come to be? How to, the, the Arts, Arts Council, Council yeah. you know, it's it's a wonderful story about citizens in this community who, really? who looked to, in 1973, who said, here we have this growing capital city, um, and we need a hub for resources, for advocacy, for the arts, because these founders knew that the arts are really the foundation for successful communities, for the quality of life, economic development, education, all those things spur from, from an arts community that's vibrant. And so um, they started the Arts Council then, and um, 
it's been an amazing journey over the past 50 years. I know it has affected me as an artist. I grew up in Baton Rouge, and um, I went, I performed at the first Fest for Alls and as a child. And you were a dancer, correct? As a ballet dancer. dancer. That's right, a okay. ballet dancer. So um, doing, you know, performances at in the downtown locations during that festival, and then later I ran a small nonprofit organization, Mid-City Dance Project, which was okay. for underserved and special needs children, um, and it was in a dance realm. The Arts Council was there to help me with that. Um, after a career, um, I also was a teaching artist for the Arts Council. Once I had uh, performed in New York and around the country, moving back here, it gave me an economic opportunity, and, and now here I am you know, running the organization. So wonderful. And, and Chelsea, you used to help run the boys and girls club. Um, and, and now you're a board member supporting it. And it has been through some huge changes and, you know, and opportunities this past year with the merger. Yes. With the merger and even starting with the COVID pandemic, like, Mm -hmm. um, adapting really fast, um, with starting club on the go where we were texting parents, um, uh, virtual programming, um, to help kind of keep kids entertained while at home when schools didn't really know how to respond quite yet, you know? So, um, the organize, I'm really proud of, um, to be a part of the organization during such many, yeah. so many transitions, all that all at one time, but all in the best way of serving kids who need it most. And to, as I mentioned when I was introducing you, you all do out-of-school programming. That means after school primarily, but also weekends or before school care or summer yes. camps. So we go in the classroom, too, with like an anti-bullying prevention program called Get Real About Violence. We um, Youth Legislature, um, which is hosted sure. in uh, the Old State Capitol Building every year. That's a, one of our programs. But the core of a Boys and Girls Club program is like where your children after 3 p.m. Um, so it's that okay. three to six window of keeping kids engaged and involved. And then during the summer, that 730 to 530 um, uh, opportunity for parents to um, send kids in a positive place. Sure. And is it primarily to serve like at risk youth or in underserved communities? Yeah. Or? Our mission is to serve kids who need us most. Um, so mostly under school, underserved um, communities. Um, sc- we are school based in Baton Rouge. So um, we're in, I think, 10, nine to 10 school based site- sites, um, all at s- schools that need after-school programs. Um, and then in Covington, Slidell, Gretna, and the uh, and New Orleans proper. Fantastic. Well. well, we'll talk some more about the merger in a minute, but Renee, I want to bring you back into the conversation. So I, I talked about how the Arts Council, you know, provides support, education, resources, but more specifically, help me understand what that means for, you know, one of the dance organizations or the ballet or the symphony or or just a, a visual artist sure all of those things right and for, for arts organizations we facilitate grant funding so okay. there's funding that may come through through the state louisiana division of the arts um, there may be city funding available or as we've seen through the pandemic there's lots of emergency grant funds that happen um, that, that occur nationally. And so we bridge that gap and we help to provide and connect organizations to funding they may need. But we also provide um, professional development, some consulting. We look at strategic planning for these organizations, helping. Just last week, we were helping a group of women who've been doing uh, contemporary fiber arts for many, many years, but never formalized their organization. Contemporary fiber arts? Yes. Oh, this is a new way of explaining what so so isn't it isn't it it's a fabulous <laughs> it's a fabulous name and it really um it's traditional art forms like quilting embroidery okay. um any sort of textile arts sewing but creating work 
as a piece of art rather than a functional operational piece that you may use in your everyday life. So it's using kind of those sources to then create art and do exhibits. It's really fabulous. Wow. Really fabulous. But they have, they have been working together for years and years, but never formalized themselves. And they had a lot of questions. Are we a nonprofit or a for-profit? How do we do this? Are we a consortium? And so the Arts Council can help to provide all the perspectives so that they can make informed choices and then be part of the part of the development and fabric of the community in a meaningful way. And that's so important because they're artists. And so they're not inherently, you know, wired perhaps to do a business plan or a strategic plan or even know how to operate a spreadsheet, right? Right. Well, and it's not only that, too. Sometimes um, in in trying to get your business started, you move so far away from the creation of art because you're you're seeking all of these resources and trying to figure yeah. it out, you know, your taxes and, and, and your business plan and all those things. And so the Arts Council can help bridge that gap so that you are still making your art and you're doing it in the most effective way so that you can sustain yourself and, um, and have a vibrant business or um, a cause, a yeah. mission in that sense. And sustainability is so important for nonprofit organizations and such a challenge. And so it was in an effort to be more sustainable long-term that the two Southeast Louisiana clubs merged, correct? Yes. Baton Rouge area and New Orleans area, right? Yes. So um, after after seeing that you can really share re- administrative resources so that you can serve more kids with um, <clears throat> the same resources and combine, you know, grant funding and different things like that um, and apply for maybe bigger amounts yeah. or of funding because you're serving bigger a bigger regional organization. Um, it just kind of made sense um, with the support of Boys and Girls Clubs of America. Okay. Um, they really pushed for. Uh, re- it's kind of a trend happening throughout Boys and Girls Clubs. I think in the nonprofit world yeah. in general, um, to use funds a little bit more um, strategically to sure um, filter those all in one place to serve more children who need it. And um, and I guess you know for both of y'all, like Boys and Girls Club has a, such a vital mission. But there are other organizations, nonprofits, and state agencies that also provide some of those services, just like there are arts organizations that are all kind of in the same space. And sometimes it's so hard, right, with them competing for limited dollars especially. Um, so I guess the importance is to, is to partner and to be really um, strategic about who you join up with and how. Yeah, I think I think partnering and collaboration is key, and it's um, – we like to say that we're fostering the creative capacity, but we're not competing or driving it. We want to make sure that we're making connections or being being thoughtful listeners so that we can be effective and connect those resources and connect um, programs we may have to support the community as a whole. But partnerships are key. Um, we're part of a regional arts council system. There are nine regions in the state of Louisiana. We really? work with them daily. And, um, and then also within our own community in the 11 parishes, there are smaller arts councils um, that have really great things that they're doing in their communities, and we want to support and promote them. Now, do you all make grants directly, say, to the Baton Rouge Ballet or to the symphony, or do you all just help them write grants or point them to grant opportunities? I would say it's both, because we do have grant programs ourselves. Um, all of these people are, are asked to apply, mm-hmm. and then we have a community panel that assesses the grants. So mm-hmm. we love it because we get uh, lots of times our community panel or or arts enthusiasts, or maybe they are business leaders or people from the community that bring different perspectives to the assessment, and um, and it really it really drives very vibrant conversation as well as provide funding. 
You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Renee Chatelaine of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge and Chelsea Laborde Blankenship of the Boys and Girls Club of Metro Louisiana. Now, Chelsea, um, I mentioned 20,000 families. Is that roughly the number of kids you all serve right now or...? It's a goal we yeah. hope to serve right okay. now. Um, so Between I can, the merged organizations. Exactly, exactly. Gotcha. Um, okay. You know, like you talked about collaborating. I mean, the truth is, is there are plenty of children who, like, you serve with organizations. We are, they are needed throughout our region. You know, there are so yeah. many children who need the, a lot of services that Boys and Girls Clubs provide. So um, I would say that that's a goal we want to work toward. Um, we're, but partnerships are key to making that happen. You know, just in New Orleans alone, uh, we were proud to, um, as Metro Louisiana, bring back clubs within the city of New Orleans when we took when we merged, there were none. Um, wow. And through partnerships with the New Orleans, uh, Nord, they're rec- right. they're the brick. Yes. Um, they, uh, we were able to open two clubs immediately in the summer. So we merged in April and we opened two clubs using Nord facilities um, to serve kids who need it in New Orleans in the summer. So that's only through partnerships that and we were able to do that. Do you all own any of your own facilities? Or yes. It's, okay. So y'all- yeah, so we're kind of, as a merge organization, it's, a lot of different where um, we look a little bit different in different communities. Baton Rouge is school-based, school-based okay. sites, so we operate within schools. Um, Covington is a facility that we have, um, we own, and Slidell and the West Bank. Mm-hmm. And then New Orleans, we're in um, Nord facilities. And then Baton Rouge, we are in some Breck facilities too. So it's kind of, yeah. and I think that's the beauty, that's a beautiful Boys and Girls Club model as a board member because sure. I feel like you can serve more kids when you're open to serving in, in different, different ways. ways where, where needed. <laughs> Renee, um, you all have been around, like you said, since the 1970s, but recently in a new facility, a beautiful new facility in a cool old downtown building. We are so thrilled about this because this is the first building we've had as an entity, even nearly 50 years, where it is exclusively for arts and for arts making and process. And um, we restored and renovated um, the old district attorney's office. Um, It is a triangle-shaped mid-century modern building. And we found that very, very exciting. Yes. Um, And so it has a black box. It has a sound engineering and recording studio. It has art galleries and art studio spaces. And then, of course, lots of meeting spaces um, for arts organizations, but nonprofits, Boys and Girls Club, certainly. Um, Everybody's welcome. And then a rooftop terrace um, that people can you know, gather and so join. nice. And, and you'll have like stuff on, on display so you can come gallery space and everything. Absolutely. So we'll have rotating exhibits throughout. The whole building, in fact, is a canvas and is an exhibition space. And if you walk through it, you will see there are sculptural works, there's textile arts, there are paintings and, and uh, basket basket weaving, just all sorts of things happen throughout the building. But there is a dedicated, the Shell Gallery is a dedicated exhibition space. And, um, you know, we have community exhibits for a couple of months. I know that we will be having different themes Mm -hmm. and um, we'll have six major exhibitions a year. Fantastic. And it was made possible primarily by a grant from um, a gift from Carrie Siraj. Right. So the Siraj family in the community. Absolutely. Carrie Siraj is an amazing philanthropist and we were so honored to be able to name the space because for years 
he has supported and, and lifted artists and the arts community and all arts organizations. Just an amazing example of what citizens can do to support a particular sector mm-hmm. in such a selfless way. And so um, a lot of people, though, stepped up to support this building and saw its importance, and we're thrilled about it. That is so great. Uh, tell me about the how y'all's organizations you know, s- survived during the pandemic and how it sort of changed the way you think about things. I was impressed as a board member to just see how Pat Van Berkeley, like kind of adapted really quickly to the needs and to staying relevant as Mm -hmm. far as serving children Mm -hmm. Um, because club on the go happened. I think the week after schools closed, like it was really quick. Um, And they, the Baton Rouge organization at the time worked uh, and partnering with a lot of youth service organizations because we realized that, that everyone had services to provide. So mm-hmm. could we create like a hub of um, where kids and families can go to benefit from all the services? So we kind of like spearheaded that initiative as well um, to create that resource hub for families. So um, and then, of course, just like navigating all the funding and yes. just how how to, you know, what what would allow us to keep as much of our staff as possible um and well while being smart about um implementing new programs if Mm -hmm. if possible and you know so it was it was interesting to be a part of you know it's it's interesting because we were part of the boys and girls clubs initiative for um that the kids programming the arts council yeah we worked with you guys on that yeah Mm -hmm. um it was great it Mm -hmm. was a great program and then we had um we started what we call the bus stop arts project because what we were finding is that while meals will be in, were being served at schools and different resources were going through the schools, there were many kids who didn't have transportation to the schools to get those meals. Wow. And so we took arts programming and art and lesson plans and arts education to where t- people would typically catch the bus. And then we put those and um, we worked with the EBR Housing Authority to make that happen. So that was one of the ways that we carried on That's educational great, opportunities. Renee. That's really, really smart. And I know a lot of organizations were really worried. I mean, I'd call you and say, how yeah. are they? Because Theater Baton Rouge, they couldn't do their shows. The mm-hmm. symphony couldn't perform. Nobody could go to the galleries, right? Yeah, it was. It, first of all, I'm very, very proud of our arts community for being so nimble and adapting Mm -hmm. so quickly. We knew with individual artists too, there would be um, lots of problems with them. Um, You know, with a gig culture, if things get shut down, then you have lots of challenges. And so um, we worked with the local hospitals because there also was um, a a, a PPE gap right the materials they nurses gowns right for instance right. um surgical caps those types of things there was a lull between what was being shipped to these hospitals so we contracted with all these local artists and they made um over twenty thousand gowns that were shipped um to all the hospitals and were able to to bridge that gap but we were able to pay those artists to do it and sustain their their income um, and then for organizations like theater baton rouge and all of, all of the organizations here it's been an evolving process yeah because as the rules change right we all have to have those conversations about um vaccination mandates or not mandates mask or no mask you know indoor outdoor music challenges and festivals and all of those things so it's been evolving and i know the ppp loan program was vital to helping a lot of nonprofits survive 
It is. It was an it's amazing, great, amazing program. So besides PPP, we also had the save um, the shuttered venue operators grants. Yes, SVOG oh, grants. Yes. Right, right. And um, and so that was also for performing arts spaces. And then it got expanded a little bit to performing arts organizations maybe they didn't have a venue specifically but Mm -hmm. derived much of their income from tickets um they were able to benefit as well so the so the federal funding has been really really a vital component and we were happy to serve as liaison for educating and and helping people with applications it's really amazing when the federal government and congress gets it right for Especially, and, and they did with this. They, they I mean, really I did. I, right. And, and so, Chelsea, I know that the Boys and Girls Club benefited from it, too. Um, you, you were telling me about some of the different programming that y'all have, like Club Blue, for instance? Yes. So, um, we had to kind of stop. Club Blue is a young professionals affinity group that we started here in Baton Rouge in 2014. Um, and uh, it's meant to kind of garner some interest as like you know you get your first job as a young professional right. and you're like okay I'm ready to get involved what do I do you know but you might not be that board level yet um yeah. but you want to um as selfishly as the boys mm-hmm. and girls club organization we were like we want to foster that young energy in maybe yes. a networking group that then leads to board membership and leads to you know a lifelong supporter of the organization um so we started club blue and I'm really proud of it um and then the Great Futures Gala was just a fundraising arm, and that was interesting. We did, like, gala on the go during COVID where we dropped off awards because we had to cancel sure. our event and all that good stuff. But that was meant to be a fundraising arm of Club Blue. Like, how can we impact the bottom line of the organization mm-hmm. with a turnkey event that didn't put weight on the staff? Is completely volunteer-driven, 100%. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's grown. We're in our um, fourth year. Fantastic. And I mean, you, you make such a good point because engaging young professionals, getting, you know, the 30 year olds involved in volunteering is key to the success of your organization long term. You know? Yes. And it's been a model that a, a few nonprofits in the community have a, like I've had coffee with the food bank and like different things like that of yeah. how can they start? Cause I think it's great for many nonprofits to start an organization like that. And, um, you know, club blue, the, the name came from an Atlanta organization, boys and girls clubs of America in, um, of Metro Atlanta, um, started kind of that thing and they called it club blue and we're like, okay. we need to start something like this. And so it's, it was in its infancy in the boys and girls club movement, but, right. um, we're, we're proud. And then, uh, Organizations throughout the state have started their own Club Blues, and we're starting one in the New Orleans area as Metro Louisiana to be able to do that, too. So I know nobody really knows what's going to happen with COVID or the next iteration of it. I mean, do y'all feel like we're back? Are the arts organizations back in Baton Rouge, Renee? I feel like um, we're almost back. (laughs) And, um, And you know what? The best thing that people can do is support art. Go see it. Go see those exhibitions. Go Because at the end of the day, all of these people want to just share their creations with the public. Um, you might have to wear a mask for a little bit or be outside. It's okay. It's and, okay. And I have, <laughs> right. I have loved the perseverance of this arts community. They have performed and given and created despite all the challenges. Yeah. And Chelsea, you feel good about where y'all are headed now as a, as a merged regional I organization i feel like you know we're not 100 percent back but it's feeling a lot more normal you know a lot of events are happening fundraising events um in all the communities that we serve and then uh, 
in-person board meetings are happening. And um, so I'm excited about where it's going. Well, Chelsea Laborde Blankenship and Renee Chatelaine, you both are making such invaluable contributions to the nonprofit sector in our region and keeping alive organizations that cultivate the arts and provide mentoring and activities to young people are so important. And those are the kind of things that make our communities better and stronger. So thanks for all you do. And thank you for joining me on Out to Lunch. Thank, thank you. you so much. My guests on Out to Lunch have been Renee Chatelaine of the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge and Chelsea Laborde Blankenship of Boys and Girls Club of Metro Louisiana. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about the Arts Council of Baton Rouge and Boys and Girls Club of Metro Louisiana by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Otts. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily, 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com.